Welcome once again to At Home in Your Hymnal. Pastor Clint Poppy, Pastor Adam Moline, we are privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. At Home in Your Hymnal is a program to help you be, are you ready for this one? At Home in Your Hymnal. Wow, I, I don't understand. Yeah, well, that uh, that's the brilliant marketing strategy that we have here at Good Shepherd and uh, at KNNA Theological Programming. Um, you know, when people come to church, uh, a traditional Lutheran church, they have a hymnal. And we want people to be comfortable, to be at home in their hymnal and the divine worship service with their family or personal devotions. Uh, a few episodes ago, we began a uh, program on Lutheran hymnody, and we're looking at hymns. Um, you know, we subtitled this uh, Hymns Every Lutheran Should Know, and then in our last program, we, uh, we analyzed a hymn and thought, well, maybe that one shouldn't have been in that category. Uh, we've got another praise hymn today, and I want to apologize in advance. I misspoke in our last program. We're looking at hymn 797, 797, Praise the Almighty, my soul adore him. Uh, that is easily confused with him 790. Uh, praise to the Lord, the Almighty. We'll get to that one uh, eventually, but right now we're looking at LSB 797. Praise the Almighty, my soul adore him. Um, this is uh, 797 in LSB. It is uh, five verses there. In Lutheran worship, the uh, previous Lutheran hymnal. It's 445, and it has those exact same five verses. In TLH, it's uh, one of those beginning of the service, uh, worship and praise kind of hymns. It is hymn number 26, and there it has six verses, six verses. And so it is a, it is a hymn that has a majestic tune. It is a hymn that has uh, a wide knowledge and uh, singing in uh, the Lutheran church. It is a, uh, a pretty old hymn in that respect, too, has a rich history. And so we want to take a look at LSB 797, Praise the Almighty, My Soul Adore Him. Pastor, uh, initial comments on this hymn. Well, this hymn is uh, another... Uh, maybe familiar hymn. Uh, it's by a gentleman named Johann Daniel Hermerschmidt, who was a pastor uh, in the early 1700s in Germany. He went to the University of Halle, uh, which is uh, actually, I think, named Martin Luther University in Halle. But it is, again, uh, then kind of a uh, central point for the rise of pietism within the Lutheran Church. It's um, Last time we talked about John Philip Spainer, um, John... Jacob Spainer, I don't remember, Spainer, and uh, he was kind of one of the guys that got the, the idea of pietism started in the 1600s, and then in the 1700s it was then entrenched into the uh, university system, and that's where some of these things kind of come out. Uh, he's primarily, uh, Hammerschmidt is primarily a poet. And then these hymns have been, uh, these poems have been taken and set to music. Uh, and uh, some of his hymns have been used then by uh, other musicians, such as Johann Sebastian Bach and others. The uh, hymnal companion to Lutheran worship says this about uh, this particular hymn, Praise the Almighty, My Soul Adore Him. This great hymn of praise and trust by Johann D. Hemmerschmidt first appeared in... Hala in 1714, based largely on Psalm 146. It there appeared in eight stanzas. We don't have those uh, other two. Um, it uh, was uh, adapted for use in the Lutheran Book of Worship. Uh, in other words, some of the uh, male uh, pronouns were uh, changed into the generic, and to the best of my knowledge, that's exactly the way that it's been carried over into LSB. With regard to the uh, author of this hymn, the tune is in the uh, public domain, but with regard to the author, uh, he was um, an assistant to his, pa uh, to his father, who was a pastor, uh, he earned his Doctor of Theology, as uh, Pastor uh, Moline said before, at Halle. Uh, 
After four years of faithful and prudent service, he was appointed professor of theology at Halle University and the following year, 1716, subdirector of the orphanage there, where Franca was director, Franca or Franchi. Uh, he died in Halle, February 5, 1723. He wrote 17 hymns that we have, and uh, this is certainly his most famous and the one that continues to be sung this day. Psalm 146, Pastor, do you have that handy by, uh, by any chance? Yeah, I can just give me a second here. And uh, let's, let's hear Psalm 146 before we listen to verse 1 of this hymn so that we can get the words of Scripture in our brain that this hymn is based on. Psalm, right. Psalm 146. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widows and the fatherless. By the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Okay, and I think we're going to see that this is a pretty faithful we don't have those extra two verses uh, of the original eight but of the uh, five that are in lsb the six that we know of through tlh uh, this is a pretty faithful paraphrase of psalm 146 and uh, as we listen to these words as we uh, hear this particular hymn keep that in mind Verse 1 of Psalm or of him 797 praise the almighty is praise the almighty my soul adore him yes i will laud him until death with songs and anthems i come before him as long as he allows me breath from him my life and all things come bless o oh my soul his holy name alleluia Alleluia. Let's hear now verse 1 before we uh, analyze it just a little bit. Verse 1, and uh, we are listening to the uh, Higher Things Conference in uh, Michigan. It is uh, in the uh, public domain, the uh, tune that we're listening to from 2015, the Todayum Conference in Michigan. There you have it, verse 1 of 797 in Lutheran Service Book. Praise the Almighty, my soul adore him. Pastor, your uh, opening thoughts on verse 1 of hymn 797. Well, you can see how he takes kind of the ideas of Psalm 146 and, uh, you know, the words that were repeated the most in that particular psalm are praise the Lord. And he makes that uh, into the very first verse and uh, make sure that we are understanding what those words of Scripture teach. Okay. And exactly what do they teach? 
Uh, yes, I will laud him until death with songs and anthems. I come before him as long as he allows me breath. From him, my life and all things come. Um, we have here a picture of the fact that life is a gift, a sanctity of life, that uh, as long as I draw breath, that life is a gift of God. And um, assuming that I'm a believer and that I acknowledge that God is the giver of life, I owe him uh, my thanks and my praise until the day that I die. Is, is that a fair uh, way to uh, think about that verse 1, Pastor? Yeah, I mean, it is in a sense the uh, same as Philippians one twenty one that says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And this is talking about during our life, uh, we're here to praise God. That's one of the reasons we're here. We say that in the catechism, right? Um, for all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. And that's essentially what we're saying in this verse of the hymn. Okay, so um, in and of itself, there is... Uh, Nothing very specific about who this God is. It is, um, at this point in time, very generic. We had that in our last episode as well with regard to uh, you know some of these praise hymns in the back of our hymnal that um, they may not be as theologically sharp and pure as some of our more doctrinal um, hymns. And, you know, before we go into our first break, Pastor, um, is it okay to sing a hymn of praise that doesn't have all of the rich, full doctrine that we expect in uh, Lutheran hymnody? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's wrong. Um, it has a time and a place for its uh, purpose, and that's why it's in our hymnal. Um, we want to make sure we balance those well with the ones that do teach the doctrine. We can't let one of those things uh, override the other. We need to be equal opportunity, perhaps, is the way to say it. I think that is a, a very good way to say it, and uh, it's not that that these hymns are bad or wrong, but um, they rarely stand alone with regard to the doctrine and theology that is presented. We're going to continue to take a look at this particular hymn. We need to take a break. We will be back in just a moment. This is At Home in Your Hymnal. Don't change that dial. K-N-N-A-L-P 95.7 FM Lincoln, Nebraska Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline. We are privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We uh, are hoping that people will be uh, a little bit more at home in your hymnal as you listen to the programming in this particular program. We're uh, looking at hymns of Lutheranism. We're calling this particular section the uh, hymns that every Lutheran should know. This is a pretty familiar hymn in the church, and we're uh, at the, uh, in our last segment, we'll, we'll take it through the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher and see how it fares. We've learned a little bit about the author. We've learned uh, that it is based on Psalm 146, and it appears to be a pretty faithful paraphrase of Hymn 146. We know that the author of this hymn was uh, known for his majestic poetry and uh, used his gifts, talents, and abilities to compose a number of hymns. We also know that he lived in a time of increasing pietism in the church, where things of this earth, where human actions, emotions, and feelings sometimes were driving the ship rather than 
uh, I don't want to say rather than the word of God, but rather than justification by grace through faith on account of the bloody death and glorious resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. This, uh, this hymn is, uh, is a hymn of praise. It is uh, in the praise and adoration section of LSB, and I think it's there for a reason. It is, uh, it is not one of those uh, stellar, bloody, doctrinal Lutheran hymns that we are, uh, we're used to hearing. Let's, uh, let's take a look at verse 2, Pastor. Praise to the Almighty, my soul adore him, LSB 797, verse 2. You want to read that verse for me? Trust not in rulers, they are but mortal. Earthborn they are, and soon decay. Vain are their counsels at life's last portal, when the dark grave engulfs its prey. Since mortals can no help afford, place all your trust in Christ our Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Okay, now the uh, first three-fourths of that stanza is almost a direct quote from Psalm 146, and it is a very, very important message. It is a message repeated several places in the psalm. Psalm 20 comes to my mind. Uh, but uh, why is that a message that is really needed in our world today, Pastor? Well, this is an important one, and this isn't the only psalm that says this. I can think off the top of my head, at least Psalm 118 does as well, if not more. Um, the reason that we need to do this is the to keep the first commandment, essentially. Uh, we need to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That includes our political parties. That includes our rulers and our government. It doesn't mean we don't respect them. We have the fourth commandment. It's just as true. But we have to realize that our earthly rulers are just that, earthly rulers. And as the hymn says, uh, at some point in our life, we're going to die. And I haven't met a single person yet who is uh in their deathbed that is worried about how much taxes they're going to pay or, um, you know, are we going to uh, vote in this candidate or that candidate? And I know we could make the joke about all the people who are dead that vote in Chicago, um, but in reality, uh, it's not important when we're dying. What's really important is the eternal ruler, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because at that point, they're the the Trinity, God, is the only one who can actually help us or sustain us. The uh, temptation to put our faith in anything but the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is great. It is uh, big in America, especially this year with an election year coming, and it's really big all the time in America. We, uh, we put our trust in our political leaders. We put our trust in our military leaders. Uh, this, this year, 2020, when we're recording this, we put our trust in our scientific leaders. Uh, and uh, these things will ultimately fail. Uh, they cannot save us. And this is, um, this is the first time in this hymn where we have something specific that is mentioned it the very last line says placed all place all your trust in christ our lord you know up until this point um you know a a jew or a mormon or um jehovah's witness or just downright pagan could sing it and that's why we're looking for specific things in uh, in our hymnody and here we have the name christ and we have christ acknowledged as the lord over and against the false lords and the false idols pastor why is that important to be specific in our hymnody well uh, it's very important because the word lord can mean lots of different things to lots of different people from um you know uh, Lord Voldemort, if you're a Harry Potter fan, or uh, Lord of the Rings, if you're one of those people, to um, you know Lord Buddha, or uh, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, or you know Lord, uh, even in the Mormon Church, their understanding of the Trinity is different than ours. So when they say Lord, and even when they say Trinity, they don't really mean the same thing that we mean. So it's good always to be clear and specific, so that we understand the truth about what we're saying, and that we're not accidentally innocently, uh, and I, I use that word carefully, innocently uh, wandering into error. 
I think that is important. Let's listen now to verse 2 of LSB 797, Praise the Almighty. There you have it. That was verse 2 of LSB 797, Praise the Almighty, uh, a very accurate uh, paraphrase of the verses in Psalm 146. Uh, we have mention of Christ as our Lord, and uh, we're going we're gonna to see that this is a paraphrase of the psalm, and it is not a doctrinal treatise uh, expanding on that. Pastor, do you want to read verse 3 <clears throat> of hymn 797? Blessed, O oh blessed, are they forever, whose help is from the Lord Most High, who from salvation can nothing sever, and who in hope to Christ draw nigh. To all who trust in him our Lord, will aid and counsel now afford. Alleluia. Alleluia. Okay, so it continues on being a pretty faithful paraphrase of Psalm 146. Blessed, O oh blessed, are they forever, uh, giving kind of a implication of afterlife or heaven, not only blessed in this life, but forever whose help is from the Lord Most High. The Lord Most High. What, what is in that phrase, Pastor, that, uh, that divine name? Well, uh, it is kind of a, a way that is used to talk about the true God in the Old Testament, the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord Most High. Uh, and so it is taking some of that uh, language from the scriptures and using it here to help clarify and define who the Lord is that we're talking about again, as if talking about the resurrection didn't do that clearly as well. Yes, and uh, you know, there are many allusions to creation in uh, this particular hymn based on Psalm 146. And uh, when we think about the creator of heaven and earth, we are certainly thinking about the one who is above all, who is the most high. It is this next line here that gives me a little bit of a pause, Pastor. Whom from salvation can nothing sever? And who in hope to Christ draw nigh. Now, we're talking about salvation. We're talking about Christ. It uh, doesn't talk specifically about what that salvation is or how that salvation was achieved. But whom from salvation can nothing sever. That smacks a little bit to me, it, at least it's ambiguous, that someone who wanted to believe once saved, always saved, could point to this particular line in this verse 3. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it could be taken that way, and it, it's probably not as clear as it could be. It is reflecting uh, verse 6 in Psalm 146 that says, who keeps faith forever. And so in that you know, we have no problem saying who keeps faith forever, but the way that it said here can be taken the wrong way. It does also reflect also other places in Scripture where we have the promise that nothing can snatch us out of the hand of God. And so in that regard, yes, uh, but in the, the way that many people teach today of once saved, always saved, we'd say no. And so we, we have need a little more information here. And it's always a matter of a proper distinction between law and gospel. 
God's word does say that we are in Christ's hands and nothing or no one can snatch us out. He also says, God's word also says, be careful lest ye fall. And the word of law is spoken to secure sinners, and the word of gospel is spoken to those who are terrified of their sin. And uh, both are true. Both need to be proclaimed. This line uh, is the only one here that uh, gives me a little bit of nervousness and a little bit of pause. As we go into our second break in this uh, episode 42 of At Home in Your Hymnal, we're looking at Praise the Almighty, My Soul Adore Him, LSB 793. Let's take a listen now as we go into our break. Verse 3 of Hymn 797. Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal. Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline, privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Come join us for worship, would you please? Sunday mornings, 8 and 1030. Sunday school, family Bible study for all ages in between, and uh, Wednesday evening year-round at 6.30. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, also, we, uh, we love uh, to have your feedback, and uh, we've, uh, we've received some really wonderful feedback on this uh, At Home in Your Hymnal uh, series that we're doing now with regarding uh, hymnody and classic Lutheran hymnody, hymns every Lutheran should know. This is episode 42. We're looking at Praise the Almighty, LSB 797. We've listened and looked at the first three verses in LSB of Praise the Almighty, and uh, I want to look now at a verse that is not in LSB. It is verse 4 in the Lutheran hymnal, TLH number 26, and uh, this hymn was uh, omitted. It didn't make it into LW or into LSB. This is verse 4. Now, Pastor, you've got uh, you've got Psalm 146 open intently now. We're seeing this as a uh, poetic musical paraphrase of Psalm 146. Very, very appropriate to do so in the church. And uh, this is verse 4. God the Almighty, the great creator, ruler of sky and land and sea, all things ordained, and sooner or later, they come to pass unfailingly. His rule is over rich and poor. His promise ever standeth sure. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the verse, verse 4 in TLH, didn't make it into LW or LSB. Your thoughts on that verse, Pastor? Well, um, it, it kind of does reflect uh, a little bit verse 9 of Psalm 146. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. So in that way, yeah, it still is teaching the words of the psalm. And it is uh, very, very clear that God is almighty he is creator, he is ruler, he is preserver, and so it recounts many wonderful biblical attributes of who God is. And in that respect, it's um, 
you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that verse. And I think sometimes the editors of hymnals are worried that they're going to get too many verses of a hymn and tire the uh, consciences or the rear ends of people sitting in the pew. Um, you know, pastors can pick and choose what verses they want to sing. So I would rather have more options rather than less. So but, would I, especially when there's space on the page. Uh, <laughs> good point. Good point. And there's plenty of space on the page for him 797. They could have added uh, all of the verses, quite frankly, and it wouldn't have taken anything away from this uh, majestic hymn of praise. Let's, uh, let's take a look now at verse 4 in LSB. This would be verse 5 now in TLH. Verse 4 of LSB, hymn 797, praise the Almighty. You want to read those words, Pastor? Verse 4. Penitent sinners for mercy crying, pardon and peace from him obtain. Ever the wants of the poor supplying, their faithful God he will remain. He helps his children in distress, the widows and the fatherless. Alleluia, alleluia. Okay, and we have that verse 9 there again, rich and poor Mm -hmm. in that verse in TLH that didn't make it. And here specifically, widows and the orphans, the fatherless. And so we see that there. Uh, At the beginning where it says penitent sinners for mercy crying. Now, we have in our one-year series. Every year we hear the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We see the tax collector, a penitent sinner, crying out, Lord, have mercy. And uh, is that what's being reflected here, Pastor? Or, um, again, is there is there something that's going on here? Yeah, that that would match it. Um, the, the idea of penitent or penitence is a feeling of sorrow or regret, uh, having done something wrong. It's it's a part of what repentance is, uh, acknowledging that we've done something um, inappropriate according to God's word. That's what penitent means, and so. That's the sort of sinner, then. A penitent sinner is the kind of sinner that can receive uh, forgiveness through Jesus' word because they actually believe they've done something wrong, as opposed to an impenitent sinner who doesn't know they've done something wrong and therefore don't need any forgiveness. And this reflects the words of Jesus that says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And he has come then to be uh, the Savior for sin-sick people like us. Okay, and then uh, pardon and peace from him obtaining ever the wants of the poor supplying. Um, So let's take a look at that first line, pardon and peace from him obtaining. So do we have in the first two lines of verse 4, confession and absolution? I think we could probably squeeze that into that uh, line if if we're looking for it and paying attention for it. I think... um, it would be really great to say pardon and peace from him obtaining through the word and sacrament or something like that. You know, uh, I think you could um, fit that in through the bloody death of Christ would right. be would be better in my mind. But uh, well, I again, mean, yeah, there's there's a way that we can understand it appropriately. Um, it, w- it would be nice to have just a little bit more detail. Okay, now in the uh, in the next section here, where it says, "Ever the wants of the poor supplying, therefore faithful God, He will remain." Now, when we put confession and absolution in the same line with the wants of the poor, um, you know, call me an old fuddy-duddy, but I get nervous here again. We have a lot of people in our world, in world Christianity, that are liberation Christians, liberation theology believers, and that salvation is um, basically, um, if you are poor, if you are oppressed in liberation theology, then God loves you more than if you are uh, rich or in our uh, world today, a people of privilege. And again, this was this was written in the 18th century, and uh, there was no such thing uh, as what we would call liberation theology. But this could 
possibly feed into that kind of false teaching in this day and age? Am I, am I barking up the wrong tree there, Pastor, or do you think there's a little bit of validity there? No, I think that's the danger here. I mean, God definitely does take care of the poor as well as the rich. He gives all people all they need uh, to support this body and life richly. Uh, and so we have to keep that in mind. And yet at the same time, Christ says the poor you will always have with you. He's not saying that uh, if you are poor and you suddenly get faith in Jesus, that you're going to become rich as a result. And that's that's sort of the Joel Osteen approach, and it's not appropriate. and in a, um, It's not even scriptural, I would say. Um, we could take it a different route as well and say maybe he's talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, but I, I'm not sure that's what the hymn writer is intending, but that would be also a way we could take it and maybe make it fit a little better yeah i think in the context of psalm 146 we're talking about people who are really poor right uh, who are widows who are fatherless and that the promise of god to watch over them and to care for them is real uh the wording of that uh line in the verse could lend itself uh in a false way and i guess that's why this is more of a supplemental hymn than a primary hymn in a worship service um this is uh yeah, we don't we don't want to be nitpicky here, but when things are a little bit vague and a little ambiguous, it opens itself up for people bringing in their own interpretations, uh, be they solid or be they false. Uh, Pastor, how does God take care of the widow and the orphan today? Does uh, manna rain down from heaven? Uh, how does this take place? Well. Um the way that it should take place is that those who have faith in Christ um, should be glad and happy to care for those people around them who are in need, the people God has placed into their life, just as in the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is all outshoot of the topic of vocation, which is uh, how do we serve the people that are around us appropriately because we have faith. It's not something we do to earn salvation. It's something we do because Christ has first done it for us. And uh, since he's done it for us and given us everything, uh, when you think about it, eternal life is everything. Uh, when he's given us everything, then we're happy to share that everything with the people around us. You know, when you think about the earlier verses of this hymn, Trust Not in Princes, um, you know, we live in a world now where most people rely on the government or some government agency to take care of people in need. There was a time not all that long ago when it was the churches that took care of this, when it was the, the Christian benevolence that took care of widows and orphans and people who were homeless, how many hospitals and orphanages were built in the name of Christ, that post-communion colic that we, uh, we love to emphasize that we thank God for blessing us and we ask him to increase our faith toward God and our love toward our fellow man. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about. And in that respect, I could see where this verse of this hymn could be a great blessing in teaching that biblical truth. We need to go into our uh, next break, and as we do so, uh, as long as I have the technology here, we're going to listen to verse 4. Praise the Almighty, my soul adore him, hymn 797. We'll be back right after the break. Nebraska. 
Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline. This is episode 42. We're looking at uh, Lutheran hymnody. Specifically in this episode, we're looking at LSB 797, Praise the Almighty, My Soul, Adore Him. We didn't have any bumper music on the way back because I wanted to make sure that you knew very, very clearly that we are going to listen as we begin here, verse 5. The uh, last and the Trinitarian verse of LSB 797. Here we go. Without a doubt, the best verse of the hymn, um, and uh, very, very uh, well done. The organ playing, the, uh, the the singing of the youth at the Higher Things Conference, where we're getting this uh, particular uh, audio recording. Uh, Pastor, you want to read the words of that before we before we uh, start to look at it and uh, maybe pick it apart a little bit. Praise all you people, the name so holy, of him who does such wondrous things, all that has being to praise him solely, with happy heart its amen sings. Children of God with angel host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Alleluia, alleluia. Very doxological in uh, nature. Uh, What's good about that verse, Pastor? Well, uh, we do have the name of the Holy Trinity very clearly, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That tells us who the God is that we've been singing praises to the entire hymn, as well as this particular verse. We also uh, talk about the name of God in regards to that Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, uh, which helps us remember our baptism and does uh, encourage us uh, um, to think about this song actually taking place within a worship service that begins in God's name and ends in God's name. Uh, and it does then again uh, join us in a way with our Lord's Supper uh, in the sense that with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify uh, God's glorious name singing. Uh, and it says that very same thing, happy heart, it's amen sings, children of God with angel host. Uh, and so we have that great uh, remembrance there as well. Yeah, I think you're really stretching when you want to make that into uh uh, the Lord's Supper. I'm trying to be fair here. You're, uh, you're 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 being way 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 above and beyond the call of duty. Fair, and I think that was certainly putting the best construction on that. You can you can see that in that verse based on what we know about our author and uh, his history in the Lutheran Church. I'd say that's a bit of a stretch, but I think I think. Uh, uh, putting the best construction on it, explaining everything in the kindest possible way, that is, uh, that is certainly possible. The, uh, the beauty of this hymn is everything that's been kind of ambiguous to this point. Now, it did have the name Christ twice, but everything that's been a little bit ambiguous is at least centered in the Trinity. One God in three persons, three persons in one God. And there are many other praise tunes that are out there that never do that. And if they did have a Trinitarian doxological type verse, that would at least point out that we're not praying to Allah or Buddha or, you know, uh, some, some stick or stone that's been created. Let's, uh, let's take a moment now. And uh, take these five verses that we have in LSB, Praise the Almighty, LSB 797, and let's put it through the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher, five categories on uh, 
how to evaluate a hymn. Uh, number one, Jesus. Is Jesus mentioned? Is it just in name or in concept? Pastor? Well, uh, in this case, we have two times uh, specifically where we talk about Christ. We have the Trinity uh, mentioned in the doxology at the end, so I'd say yes. Yeah, so Jesus is at least mentioned. Is the song clear? Number two, clarity. Does it use sentences with subject, verb, object, or sentence fragments? Well, it does use uh, sentences with subject, verb, and object. Uh, so in that sense, it's clear. I think theologically, it's a little bit uh, vanilla or, or not as clear as it could be in that regard. Okay. So what it does, as a paraphrase of Psalm 146, it does pretty clearly. Right. Uh, but it doesn't do much more than that. I think that's a fair um, assessment of this hymn. Number three, mysticism. Subjectivity versus objectivity. Is the song about the things that God has done, the objective, or about my own emotions and experiences, subjective? Does the song repeat the same phrases over and over again in a hypnotic mantra? Well, it doesn't repeat um, things over and over. It does talk about praise, but so does the psalm. Uh, I think it does have a decent balance of we're praising God, but we're doing it because he's doing these things, you know, caring for the poor, providing peace, um, those sorts of things. So I'd say it's somewhere in the middle in that regard. Okay. I, th I think that's a fair assessment as well. Number four, law and gospel. Does the song proclaim the law in its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness? Are law and gospel rightly divided and not mixed up? Is the law presented as something we can do, or does it show us our sins? Is the gospel conditional based on my actions, decisions, acceptance? Uh, what are you going to say here, Pastor? That's a good question, right? Um, I, I don't know that it has a law and gospel understanding in its purpose. And so to, to say that uh, it uses it properly is kind of hard. It is a, a word of God from a psalm that's been rewritten. And so all of God's word is law and gospel, where I think the issue is then is the application of that to us is maybe not as clear as it could be. We do have confession and absolution in verse 4. Uh, it's a little bit vague, or as you would say, a little bit vanilla. Uh, so other than that, uh, this is a paraphrase of a psalm that is praising and extolling God because he is the creator and sustainer of all things. It's pretty accurate in that respect, but as far as law and gospel, it's not in that psalm. It's not here. And it is, I mean, it is in that psalm a little bit, but it, it's, it's not as clear as it could be in the hymn. Yes, and in that psalm, if I was going to preach on that psalm, I would certainly emphasize things that are not emphasized in this hymn. Yes. And uh, I know you would as well. Finally, ver uh, number five in the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher, is there any explicit false teaching? I'd say no. No, I don't think there's any false teaching. A couple of things that are a little vague or wishy-washy that could go either way, especially in light of today's circumstances, but no explicit false teaching. Okay, Pastor, we've been, uh, we've been doing our own personal rating on uh, these hymns. The first two hymns that we did, um, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, we gave a 10 out of 10. Uh, the second hymn that we did, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, we gave a 10 out of 10. Last episode, episode 41, we looked at um, uh, hymn 817. 817. 819. 819, excuse me. I've already driven it out of my mind. Uh, 819, sing praise to God, the highest good. And we gave it a four, four stars out of 10. Um, 797, praise the Almighty. What are you going to give it? I'd, I'd probably give it a six or a seven, I think. It's not... It's not a home run, um, but it you know maybe at least gets you on base. Yes, I was going to say six. So uh, how about if we uh, we arrive at a con consensus of six point five? That you know six would be fine with me too. So okay, six six point five right in there. Uh, there's a lot of really really wonderful things in this hymn. It is a majestic hymn. It's fun to sing. You can shout it at the top of your lungs. Uh, don't base your your whole worship service on the theology of this hymn. It's a uh, a hymn of praise, and it's meant to supplement more than anything else. Pastor, in the time that we have left, um, 
I want to broach a topic here. And the last two hymns that we've done, we've, we've taken from the praise section, praise and adoration section of LSB. And they haven't been home runs. Um, they've been less than magnificent with regard to their doctrinal content. What does this tell us about, A, the hymn, uh, hymn of praise section in a hymnal, and B, how those hymns should be used in the life of a Christian or in the corporate worship service? <clears throat> well, perhaps the way to explain it in a simple way would be to talk about the food that we eat. Uh, when we eat food, we need to eat good food. We need to eat a good balance of good food. Uh, and occasionally then on top of that, we eat things like ice cream or, um, you know, maybe we eat um, a popsicle and things like that that are tasty and fun but don't really have that good of nutrition. It's it's fine to have those things, uh, those dessert things, when we're eating the good meals in other places and they can work together then and help balance out our, our diet. At the same time, if all you eat is ice cream, you have a problem. If all you eat are popsicles, you have a problem. If all you eat is chocolate bars, you have a problem. Uh, and so it's the same way with our hymns. These, these hymns are kind of like the chocolate bars, maybe, or the ice cream. Um, and so we want to make sure that we don't rely only on these hymns in the praise and adoration section, but that we also get those hymns from the other sections that are really good and doctrinal so that we can continue to learn and be sustained. Paul, is it Paul or is it Peter? Now I just drew a blank. Um, talks about it as, I think it's Peter, um, we need to move away from just the the mother's milk, pure spiritual, the pure milk. spiritual milk, uh, to the more solid food when we're ready to do that, and and so that's what I would encourage people to do in regards to these hymns. Yeah, and and I would say the hymn we covered last time is uh, more with that dessert or pie and ice cream or something like that. I guess I would look at this one uh, as uh, maybe uh, brown sugar coated carrots. Uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're really good for you and they taste really good. But if you ate a steady diet of brown sugar coated carrots, your skin would turn orange and your teeth would fall out. Right. Uh, it would be a great supplement and a great side dish, but it shouldn't be your main dish and your main course forever and ever and ever. Amen. Uh, pastor, um, you know, I picked the last two hymns and, uh, I'm, I'm not doing it for a while. Uh, Give us a little bit of a uh, give us a little bit of a flavor, a little teaser. What hymn are we going to look at next when we come back? Yeah, we're we're moving back to the Pastor Moline uh, hymns here. <laughs> we're going to move to Johann Frank's great hymn, "Jesus Priceless Treasure," hymn seven hundred and forty three in your hymnal. Uh, it's one of those really really great ones in its theology and uh, telling Satan where to go. And so we're going to take a look at that next time. Okay, so you can uh, study ahead on. That for those of you that were looking for him 790, sorry I misspoke. We'll get around to that one. If you have any uh, specifics that you want us to cover, just let us know. We'll do our best to put it in the rotation and get to it as quickly as possible. This is episode 42 of At Home in Your Hymnal. Thank you for joining us today and uh, God's richest blessings in Christ. As together in Christ Jesus, we praise the Almighty.